<laughs> Were you recording? I was. I definitely got no my jeans. <laughs> so with that, fuck yes and no. welcome to After the Hype. No, I want no, I want my no my cheese in there. We are definitely starting with no my cheese. With your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me is Jonathan Hardesty. I died again. <laughs> Emily Blake. Oh, this is going great. And Chewy Darso. Yes. Who's going to rescue her cheese before it gets sweaty? Oh, I hope this isn't your first time listening to this podcast. <laughs> That's a hell of an opening. Nobody likes sweaty cheese. Nobody likes sweaty cheese. I'm going to get that on a t shirt. No one will understand it. Oh, boy. Uh, special guest this week, we have Elvis Kunish here. Hello. How are we doing? Uh, better now. Yeah, better. Yes. Now, that we've, now that we've acquired the cheese. <laughs> that was the saddest no my cheese of all time. <laughs> no. It was so genuine. It really was. <laughs> I was saving it for the last. Because it's the most, everyone loves string cheese. It's delicious. You eat it wrong, though. <laughs> What does she just take up giant bite? Like, oh yeah, like a hot dog? No, <laughs> when I have the time, I will do the meticulous cutting it into pieces. Ain't nobody got time for the meticulous. I, I just don't like the way it, it feels on your fingers. You have to wash your hands. Yeah, afterwards. it gets in your oh, fingernails. Yeah, it really gets oh. under your it's fingernails. Good. Yeah, when you peel it, it's like, why is it hairy? <laughs> yeah, hairy cheese. Oh boy. So welcome to Cheesecast. <laughs> uh, I mean, with your, with your host is always Gouda. <laughs> I'm sure there's a market for Gouda to be here. All right. Favorite actors, Hudson Breeze. <laughs> oh my god, I can't bear this guy. <laughs> oh god. Okay. This Maybe is... we should do the after the cheese. This is gone out. This is gone off the. Well, rails. you just gave me an idea for a podcast. Just a cheese podcast. It's cheesy. People would listen. Everyone can make it like the cheese. delicious dish, but about cheese. Yeah. We're just gonna keep moving. Uh, so yeah. today's you episode. Started it. I did. I, I was. You I still, her cheese. I still feel like that was the right choice. Um. So we'll do a where have you been doing before we get into today's movie. Today's movie, by the way, is Disaster Artist. How do you which think, I think Tommy is... Wiseau eats his, che- his string Ooh. cheese? How does he licks Tommy's... it. Yeah, I bet he, he just licks it. How many <laughs> licks does it take to the center of <laughs> cheese stick? <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> With Tommy Wiseau. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I'm, I'm disgusted. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how you are with Tommy Wiseau. It's like yeah. I'm entertained and s- completely disgusted. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So for a where have you been doing? Um, I watched a little animated film that's been getting a lot of very good press for DC called Suicide Squad: Hell to Pay. Uh, I did not really expect much from it because DC has been doing this thing lately where they decide let's make all of our animated films R-rated, which is Cool, because it means they're not holding back anything, but kind of sad because that's how they've been getting a lot of younger fans. Because all the younger fans go to the go to the Marvel movies and rent the DC movies, especially the animated ones at home. And now that they're going for a much older audience, it feels like they're kind of leaving the younger people behind, which is kind of too bad. That said, this was actually a pretty decent movie. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. They had uh, Christian Slater as Deadshot, and he's been doing it in their videos for a while, and he's really good. They have the girl who's pretty much taken over for, I regretfully forget her name, the girl who used to do Harley Quinn. They had the new girl who's been doing it for pretty much everywhere, and she's phenomenal. Mm. Um, she has like 450 voice credits on IMDb. She's amazing. Um, and the story itself was really interesting. It was basically about uh, Dr. Fate has a card that gets you out of hell when you die, and somebody found out about that card, and everyone wants it, specifically Amanda Waller, because Amanda Waller's convinced that when she dies, she'll go to hell, because she absolutely would. And it's all about... She's not a very nice person. Well, she's awful. She's totally awful. And I, 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 that's why I love her character. But like the movie is all about 
like reverse flash or zoom in this um the suicide squad and um fuck what's his name from legends of tomorrow um oh, oh damn it. vandal savage uh yeah. all trying to get the card at the same time and it's surprisingly entertaining and really funny and very dramatic and violent as hell. And Batman is... uses a gun. Oh yeah, Batman shoots a dude in the head. For all you people who like to talk about how Batman <laughs> never uses a gun, he does. He does sometimes. It happens. When um, when does the demonic hair piece come into play? The demonic hair piece? Yeah. Hell to pay. Oh. Oh, oh is it going to be that? Are we doing puns today? We started with I, the cheese I puns. know. I was hoping that was the end of it. Our dad audience grew tenfold. <laughs> oh my God. We actually do have for, more dads now. There's like, like 50% more dad. It's more, just waving off. I, I can't <laughs> help her. More dads per podcast for, minute. You can put that on the back, back of our DVD box. A really nice, Brian can cut this out later if he wants to moment. We were going at the grocery store last night and Brian had a huge dad moment because we were in the soda aisle and he kept looking at these off-brand sodas and how they're trying to sell themselves by having puns on them and then like, root the- beer was the root of all fun no. how do you not buy that bottle of root beer honey, no we're buying better root beer i do appreciate the pun but no all right yes. that's it for uh, counter counterpoint stand your yes. ground on that one what was the grape soda pun uh, it's grape <laughs> like it's great it's grape see that, they really that, really that was the last one on the list that's and genius <laughs> was the last one on the list and they had no yeah. time the cola one was just like uh it's cola e cola it's like really they didn't cola try that e cola? Oh, no it was awful it's, e cola. it's what's killing everybody right now that would have been better it's e cola <laughs> it'll spread around your apartment it's from arizona all right that's it for suicide squad hell to pay chewy where have you been doing <laughs> god i really haven't watched much new stuff lately uh i'll just talk about the rise and fall of emotions uh, the past few days about Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, oh I thought you yeah. were just gonna oh, be yeah. like pregnancy. Was your- <laughs> what have I been doing? I've been fucking pregnant. <laughs> well, I have been fucking pregnant, uh, which is why I haven't w- sitting down to actually watch things right now. Itself feels like a chore. Uh, it's like going to movies like sounds awful because every time we go, I have to bring a, mo- a pillow now, and it's still uncomfortable in whatever chair we're sitting in, and be like, I. So in the apartment, and whenever we're watching something, I have to get up and walk around at some point. Um, so a review but, of pregnancy is yeah. uh, not great. It's uncomfortable, <laughs> <laughs> especially in third trimester. Uh, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I have talked about re- before and how much I love it. And that Fox announced that they were canceling it, which we all thought was going to happen but there's still you know that hope that they wouldn't do it and then everyone's just circulating going no but i've never seen so many people react to it on my facebook before i'm like honestly i didn't think i knew that many other people that loved the show so good um and then everyone's like maybe hulu maybe netflix maybe this maybe that and they all started going no 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 and then last night while we're watching one of the other movies that we're going to be talking about uh NBC, guys, picked it up. Because they shoot on the Universal lot, don't they? No, they oh, shoot they it at CBS Radford. Oh, okay. They did shoot it. But so. NBS, I, I th- NBS. It's uh, distributed by Universal, I believe. <laughs> okay. That, yeah, That's okay. what, Brian, you told National me. National Broadcasting System. Uh, or um. something. But Universal, NBC, same thing, along with Comcast. So uh, who knows? Maybe they're going to be going over to my lot, and then I'll be able to... You know, see oh them God. walk around later. That would be awesome. I mean, yeah. it, it wouldn't surprise me if they just leave it where it's at, though. 
CBS. Yeah, I mean, if they're already not on a Fox lot, like they'd probably they'd have that, to rebuild the set. Yeah, and I'm yeah. feeling they they sold it so fast, partly because they didn't want to have to knock down sets and rebuild them. So yeah. the idea of them moving lots, I think, would be strange. May, maybe, it might maybe happen, not. But I don't know. I've walked by their storage area at the Universal Assets Building quite a few times, and so their stuff is spread out a little bit. It's I mean, not all at CBS. I'm right? sure they're all talking about it this weekend and yeah, figuring, figuring it all shit out. out. Yeah. And then seeing which cast members actually want to stay, because I heard some people were actually thinking about moving on. So I can't believe that a show that was really good was on Fox for that long. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it Fo- is kind of surprising they left it for all five. <laughs> yeah, you know, Fox used to be one of the most progressive networks, which was really odd for back, you know, for what we think of Fox these days. But in the '90s, they had a lot of progressive shows, and they kind for of one season. Like, they're progressively aggressive. Like, yeah, we have this wonderful show. Nobody's watching it. We cancel it. They'll we get another- buy amazing material, yeah. take it off the market for everyone else, so, and then not support it. They yeah. just moved all their progressive stuff over to FX, which mm. is still Fox. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're still doing it. It's just they, they try to mask it so their conservative people don't really, you know, tie the things together. <laughs> yeah. Emily, what about you? I watched the pilot for a show called Claws on Hulu. I really wanted to like it because, it, I mean, that's why I watched it because the the promo photo was just like a bunch of different, uh, diverse ladies. Um, they were women. They were racially diverse. Their bodies were all very different. Um, and it opened with a scene of them all being like super sexy and owning their sexiness. And it was like, okay. The, the premise of the show is it's um, a bunch of women who work in a, hair, in a nail salon, a fancy nail salon, um, and uh, Niecy Nash is the lead, and she, um, she she's like laundering money for, these, for this gangster played by Dean Norris. My problem with the show is tonally it was all over the fucking map. I thought it was a really great concept, um, but there were times when people were so ridiculous stereotypes, like one of the villains on the show is this white dude who's like one of those dudes who's like, hey, yo, what up? You know, like Eminem kind of, but like lame. And um, and then Dean Norris is doing some kind of really fake, over-the-top chewing scenery every second. Uh, hell, but meanwhile, and so, so there's things that are clearly meant to be funny and silly and absurd. Meanwhile, you have Harold Perrineau, who's fucking amazing and one of my favorite actors in the whole world. You have Harold Perrineau playing a mentally disabled man, and he is giving it his all. But that does not belong in the same universe with Dean Norris's, like, crazy, over-the-top parody of a gangster. And it just, I don't, I, I, I don't know what the show is tonally. I was having a really hard time figuring out what I was supposed to be feeling during scenes. Um, and that's a shame, because I thought it had a lot of potential. And maybe it does. That was only the first episode. You, so you don't, you never know. But, um, yeah, I was kind of disappointed. I haven't heard great things about it. Yeah. I've talked to a few people who watch it because I, I thought like just the design of the show looked really cool. And yeah, then, yeah. I everyone, think the concept yeah. was good. I think the cast yeah. is phenomenal. It just totally was just everywhere. That's kind of too bad. That's the only yeah. reason I was ever interested in it was the cast. I'm like, you got that one girl from Reno 911 and that other girl from True Blood, and I like both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think it's something they can fix in a few episodes, or is this just kind of like the, yeah. eh, why? I think you yeah. could fix it, because, okay. it's, like I said, it's a tonal problem right. for I mean, me. Not a, not a premise problem. Did it two seasons already? I don't remember. I don't know. It's don't not know. new. Oh, it's, it's not, not new? No. It's, oh. it's new It only just showed up in my Hulu feed, so I assumed it was something new. No, it's been oh. a, I remember well, watching yeah. stuff about it a while uh, ago. All right. Well, no. I don't know, it's new to me. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know if they fixed it or not, but uh, I probably won't keep watching, because there's too much material to... Yeah. John, what about you? So I watched a movie called Would You Rather. It's this kind of 
horror thriller thing where this guy gathers a bunch of people who need money into his estate and with the promise of whoever is alive at the end of it will get money but the game he plays is he has them increasingly escalating versions of would you rather and they have to in like 15 seconds or 30 seconds decide which one they'd rather do or is it like the comedy bang bang would you rather where it's like the most ludicrous stuff in the entire world because that stuff was funny it doesn't get quite ludicrous enough it doesn't quite deliver on the promise because it's like ooh, this sounds like it could go all the way it doesn't it's still entertaining but uh it's yeah it's a netflix find and uh is it just violent or sex it's just violent yeah is it yeah. Uh, is it a bloom house i don't remember i usually assume movies like that are pg-13 bloom house it kind of has that feel to it yeah um and diarrhea down the back of your leg sort of yeah is it bloom house it's a gold bloom or it's b-l-u-m <laughs> i would say bloom house but i guess mm. i could be wrong Blumhouse some, sounds like a terrible from, name for it. Some from, someone from Bloom Blumhouse, please contact <laughs> us to let us know. You Blue Blums. <laughs> blum Blum Blum. Is that uh, all you have to say about it? Yep. Blum Blum Blum. <laughs> all right, Elvis, what about you? Uh, well, I've been uh, doing a lot of research uh, for what's coming for Chewy and Brian, so I saw Tully this week. Oh yeah, yeah. We purposely gone. Maybe we shouldn't watch that right before we have a kid. I am not going to watch yeah. it. That's a good, <laughs> good idea. <laughs> watch this for a little while. Um, but I, I really liked it. Um, I don't know if I liked it like as much as Young Adult or anything. But uh, I mean, that's the third time those two have worked together, right? Yeah. Do you have a call to Jason Redman? Yeah. yeah, and second for Theron in yeah. the in the bunch. They have a they have a good chemistry. Like yeah. I look forward to seeing Tully in a while because I love Mackenzie Davis. I love Charlize Theron. Like I, I, full of tons of things that I love, but also full of something that's quite horrifying. And uh, but when you're when you're an, when you're a soon to be parent, seeing someone who is an exasperated parent, yeah, well, and what that entails. I mean, is it, kinda... it looks like an illustration of hell because it's she's <laughs> pregnant, she has a baby that she's still nursing, and then she has two young children as well. Uh, no, like, no, no, no. The, there's only three children. Total. Oh, okay. That's oh, yeah, better. but she's pregnant, right? She is pregnant. So she has a baby and those two other kids. No, that's the third baby. That's the that third she has. baby. Yeah, she's not pregnant the whole movie. Oh, I don't think so. That's there's a one kid. There's it's one not. Infant. I, I picked up on that in the trailer. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I there's swear. One kid, one toddler, and one infant. No, there's like two kindergartenish age kids and one infant. Okay. That's and the, the infant pregnancy. comes later. Okay. So disaster artist. Uh, so this movie, we're just gonna move right into it. Um, this movie came out uh, late-ish last year, and it was met with immediate praise of this is gonna be the best picture winner. It's gonna win all these awards. It's gonna do great. And then about a month happened, everyone went, eh, maybe it was just a good movie. And yeah. uh, we will uh, we'll get into all of that. Um, I didn't do the numbers or the reviews or anything like that because I mean numbers were it did well reviews were people liked it and some people loved it not a lot of people hated it and I think that's kind of where we'll be today. Uh, before we do any of that though we have to do a breakdown 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 breakdown. Uh, coming to you this week from Elvis Kunish. Elvis, are you excited to do a breakdown for this movie? Well, yeah, because if I screw up, it's like on theme. <laughs> that's, that's true. So Elvis is on the breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um. I got nothing else for it. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's do this. Uh, the Disaster Artist in 30 seconds. Here we go, go, go. The Disaster Artist is the story of the making of The Room, uh, one of the worst movies ever made. That's air quotes there for the uh, audio listeners. Uh, it's about Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero uh, creating this film and having a toxic friendship 
and it leads to creating a horrible, humiliating film, uh, but the audience comes to embrace it through laughing at how terrible it is, and it's sort of about failure of being a good thing. There we go. Yeah, that'll work. Shut up, phone. There we go. So much getting cut out of this episode. <laughs> I might leave shut up, phone. <laughs> Piss off, goose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that pretty much encompasses everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yep. And James so, Dean. <laughs> and James Dean. Mm. Um, so, really quick, uh, who here hasn't seen The Room? Is it only Chewy? <gasps> yeah, probably. Is that it? Have you seen, seen The Room? I've seen it. Yeah. Okay, many times. Um, so Chewy, we're going to be leaning on you a little bit uh, throughout this episode. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not in a dangerous way to harm the baby, but uh, to give us an insight, uh, is this movie still good without seeing the, not the source material, because the source material is a book that yeah. Greg yeah, wrote. Yeah, I was about to but ask, yeah. is anybody else, because I, I listened to the yeah. audio book. Did anybody else read the book? Or I did not, no. 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 Okay. Um, I, I had heard you talk about it, and then I wanted to read it, and then I just never got around. I've been reading the same book since last September. I'll finish it at some point. <laughs> um, Which one? But uh, It. Uh, you oh, should read God. that to your it's, kid. Yeah, it's a really long book. It takes a long time to read. Yeah. Um, but okay, so throughout the episode, I need to know, is this movie still good <laughs> having not seen The Room? Because in my opinion, this movie is more of a love letter to friendship and the movie The Room than really anything else. Um, and I mean that in both kind of a good and a bad way. But uh, yeah, what did you think without seeing The Room? Well, on um, first viewing, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was hilarious and... Everything else. I mean, I've seen things from the room. I've seen clips, and I've seen people laugh about it and make jokes and stuff. So I definitely had entry points. Um, rewatch, I was just like, not as great. Still enjoyed it. Not really getting anything new out of it. It's, to me, it's not really a rewatchable film in that way because it, it's really just you get what you get out of. It. There's no subtext really to anything uh, except for the friendship aspect. Uh, and I would say that what makes this movie good is the friendship because it goes from a very healthy friendship where he's helping um, the younger guy kind of break out of his shell and then they go into bad friendship where the guy gets jealous of uh, Dave Franco, Greg, Greg <laughs> becoming his own person and then it comes back around where Greg helps uh, Tommy Wiseau realize yeah, you thought you were making one thing, but you made another and people love it. So just lean into it and be happy. So I mean, they're, yeah. they're like good, bad for each other. They're they're a really good example of a friendship where at times you're perfect for each other and other times you really need to be apart and grow as a person and then just come back and still be good for each other. That's what I get out of this movie. No, I don't. I don't think you're wrong. And like the the thing that this movie very easily could have been, and what James Franco did a very good job avoiding, was this movie could have just been mocking the room for an hour and a half. Like that could have been the whole movie. And the first trailer that came out, although it was very funny, uh, definitely made me think that's what it was going to be. Because if you didn't see the first trailer, it's just the scene where the first time he's on set and he can't remember his line, right. and they do like sixty some odd takes of it, and it's hilarious and it's very funny, but. I thought I was afraid that that was going to be the whole movie of like let's watch them fuck around and attempt to make the worst movie ever made and I think personally I think they did a great job avoiding that. Um, yeah, it never felt like to me that they were mocking the room. It felt like they were praising you know being naive and adventurous in a way. Yeah, It'd be like 
well, this isn't working, so we're just going to go do our own fucking thing, which is really easy when you're bloody-ass rich. <laughs> uh, but I, I was thinking yesterday along those lines, uh, as problematic as James Franco as a person is, his performance in this movie is pretty spectacular. Oh, it's what, fantastic. The scene where he plays, uh, where he's in an audition and he's playing a professor and they're like, is that an accent? And they tell him to do an American accent and he turns, he turns around and he turns back around and he goes, uh-huh. And he just does this <laughs> absurd. And I was just saying, like, as a script supervisor, I don't know how you get through that scene without bursting out laughing. Um, but what makes it work is, as funny as that is, he is absolutely playing that 100% sincere. Tommy, in that moment, thinks he is doing an American accent. There is no mocking. There is no, I'm being silly. You know, it's all very much like every minute he's on screen, he's like... No, this is this isn't. I don't understand what you mean. I, this is my accent. I'm from New Orleans. What you know? Yeah, so he, that's what makes it work. I think that's definitely is... always playing a sincere person who's also incredibly in his own world and naive about how things actually work. I think that's about when I uh, bought the performance. There was a. I think the performance was a bit rough at the beginning. There were a few moments where it, it from what I was watching, it looked like James was breaking his character mm. a little bit. And there, was, there were brief moments, but it, it took me a while to really kind of be like, what are you doing here? I get you're trying to be like, it felt very imitation versus performance. Well, for me, that that comes into effect more so because he's James Franco and Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Mm-hmm. They lined this movie with every single friend they possibly could get in oh, this yeah. movie. Including the how did this get made? Yeah, they got all the three people in how did this get made. Like they got yeah. everyone into this thing. Yeah. And there's a part of it that makes me enjoy it for that. Like I enjoy seeing all the people and like you can clearly tell how much fun they're all having. And at the same time, it kind of has uh, like it kind of takes me out of it a little bit. It's like, all yeah. right, so I'm just watching you and your friends hang out. And I think that's where, when you say the performance might've been lacking, it's like, cause he's not doing a performance necessarily. He's hanging out with his brother and his sister-in-law and he's doing an accent that he's probably been doing since he saw the room the first time. And I was like, Oh, you do a great Tommy Wiseau. And it's not easy. It's not I kept, I mean, the whole movie. I kept trying to do it myself and I'm like, no, it's not right. Yeah, really? That's uh, one reason I can totally recommend the audiobook is because Greg does the accent. Every time yeah. Tommy says anything in the book, Greg, because Greg's reading it, Greg does Tommy's accent, and it's spectacular. Well, well Greg spent more time with him yeah. than anyone, so well, they're still friends. Yeah, and like, but that's like, so is James Franco. Like James Franco and him are friends now too. Like, so clearly he's not being like malicious or evil towards this guy. Like, that's not no. the point. But he, like, this, I'm guessing here, but it came out of place of like mockery and making fun of him, and then he just got better and started to like the guy. So I think in those scenes where you say it's problematic, it's like because it's not really a performance. He's yeah he's mocking him and it's like I don't think he thinks that he is or even that he would be but it kind of I think because that's probably where it started yeah those moments when it's just him and his family it probably ekes out a little bit and then like later on like when he's not just with his brother and his sister-in-law or his best friend from fucking forever ago and he has to act against different people his performance is better see I think that's where it it, that's those moments are what caught the most and gelled is that when he was acting against people who weren't part of his troop uh, because like you said, and I, I didn't even kind of really fully connect the dots until you just said that. But when he's with his crew, his people, it's a sketch. It is like mm. just they're just goofing around, making a skit. And it really strains against that performance where everyone's like, he's doing such a great job. It's like, well, but I keep getting pulled out in those moments. Yeah. Because there's something about like, because uh, for those of you who don't know, Dave Franco's married to Allison Bree. So like there's a lot of scenes with just the three of them. It's like, y- y- this is just a family having fun together, which is great to watch. Yeah. And I, I don't think that James Franco ever gives a bad performance in the whole movie, but I think it's better when he's not just one-on-one with, as you say, his troop. And yeah. It almost forces him to kind of put more, like 
do more of an examination of the character when he's with his friends. He's not really doing that. Yeah. And like you said, it's more of a well, spoof. That's where like two scenes that really that I really appreciate in this movie where it shows his genuineness with his performance. Uh, the first one is when they go to a club in L.A. and you actually Dave slash Greg actually meets a bartender, his wife, uh, for the first time. And so Tommy easily, was a, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he's very <laughs> he's, handsome. He is a very attractive man. Everything is so easy for uh, Greg in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for me, Dave Franco is way more attractive than... Um, Until the beard. Yeah, the Franco. Oh, the fake oh, beard? That's a fake beard. That's not his real beard. I know. But, uh, if, we, if we want to talk about a real villain of this movie. <laughs> Thanos level fucking beard. Yeah, Thanos level villain, that beard. But So they're in the club, and Tommy Wiseau is just dancing away, being completely in his own world, not really self-aware, owning himself, like because he dances like a complete maniac. That's one of the charming things about Tommy Wiseau, is he just does not give any fucks. Uh, and then he sees... Greg talking to the bartender girl and you can see it in like his just body language it shifts immediately instant jealousy like no he's my friend don't talk to that girl don't like you know that toxic friendship thing uh and then he gets pissy and he's like this club sucks we have to leave and it's it's a really good performance because you've all seen a friend or you've been that friend who's suddenly like no that's not how tonight was supposed to go Right. I, uh, that's one of the things I really appreciate about this movie because in the book, one thing I could never fucking understand is why Greg stayed with Tommy. Tommy is an asshole, and and he's abusive, and he's toxic, and and he's constantly. It's basically. An, I mean, I saw all kinds of shades of like an abusive romantic relationship. Yeah, Tommy yeah. is a piece of shit, and so I I could never understand that in the book and in the movie. They do such a great job of of making it clear that Greg just wants to be more open the way Tommy is open, the way that he just like is, like you said, when he was dancing, is in his own world. That's the mm-hmm. thing that Greg doesn't know how to do. So he sees that in Tommy and he admires it. And they played that a little better in the movie for me than it, yeah. even though Greg was reading the book, even though he wrote it, I still was very unclear about it. I mean, it could have been one of those things where even Greg didn't fully realize yeah. it. Like it could be just one of those subconscious things where from the outside, you could totally see it like, oh, that's why he stuck around. Mm-hmm. But when it's you living it, it's harder to see. Uh, and the other moment for the performance that really got me was when he goes to uh, Bob Odenkirk's uh, acting class. Yeah. I don't yeah. Uh, and he's trying to do. <laughs> I love Bob Odenkirk. He's trying to do Shakespeare because that's what he wants to be. He wants to be a respected, like, artistic actor. And Bob Odenkirk's like, "What are you doing? Stop it! No, you're, you're like a villain. You're like Dracula and." Frankenstein. 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 <laughs> and then you, like, it's a moment where you really feel for Tommy Wiseau because, yeah, he's kind of a doofus, idiot, toxic person, but he's trying to be genuine. And then he's everyone's laughing at him and he absorbs that and he just looks back at the crowd and goes, no, you all villains. <laughs> and I'm like, that's actually pretty deep. Like, that's a deep cut right there because they are in that moment. I think that's yeah, a great well, moment from of his perspective, pers- though. But yeah, but it's still I mean, like I think he's the way the trying. Is, the like movie he, is constructed in such a way that yeah, but that transfer of villainy is kind of interesting. In that's that interesting moment, scene. it was true because he's just a dude trying his best in this crowd of people, and they all just start mocking him. But you, I'm taking a leap here because I've never actually asked you this before. But we, you've never been in acting class before, right? No, I have. Okay. Uh, I so, did it very briefly. Okay, but in an acting class, like you have those moments where the worst actor in the class, and I've been that person before, gets up and does the best they can, and everyone just sits there and goes, oof, and then yeah. somebody has to give notes, and that's what you do. You tell them what works, 
and you hope for the best. But there's and a difference what, the between only... going oof and giggling at no, them. No, but that definitely happened. My, my directing one thesis was given to a class where everyone laughed at it the whole way through. I'm like, well, fuck, because you had to use the actors in the class, which was Tony, fuck Tony for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we haven't had a fuck Tony in forever. Uh, yes. and, and he broke into giggles and like this was like the thing I was getting graded on and yeah. everyone laughed the whole way through and mm. the only thing the teacher can do is tell you what works and what doesn't work and hope you can take the note Tommy can't take notes it, it, the no. same way when he meets the producer at the at the restaurant um, which you I just cringe because we I don't know if you guys have experienced this but as a screenwriter I've definitely seen screenwriters usually digitally like on Twitter or whatever but embarrass the fuck out of themselves being like please 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 give me a chance oh, but at God, parties too yes. and they're like yeah. oh god please stop but like actually like in the real world that producer did him a huge favor by saying to him this is not because most people blow smoke up your ass and mm-hmm. you know but his like this is not happening for you you do not have what it takes it's kind of sad but at the same time it's like not enough people are actually told that and I kind of was like um, totally even though you know obviously Tommy's being an idiot in that moment but even though it's kind of a sad moment for him and you want to be like no you can do anything the truth is you can't this this the room's success is a fucking outlier that's yeah. this movie's kind yeah. of dangerous because people are like see you can do the worst thing imaginable and become a huge star and no. that's really not true in reality that producer telling him to stop acting because he sucks is, is one of the nicest things that it sounds shitty but like that you know he's trying to save him from wasting time and money and and his life on something that's never going to happen and the thing was especially with that scene like i'm not a big fan of judd apatow as an actor like he's done it a few times and it's like stay behind the camera yeah. <laughs> uh like you're great at stand up just do that and nothing else except for i'll go with nothing else um oh. i'll take a dig at judd uh his he, d- movies he doesn't know not- when to say cut and he lets his actors talk too long it ruins every movie he's ever had yeah. um, what is it a podcast judd come on <laughs> he kind of, he kind of uh, glorifies a different version of toxic masculinity outside yeah, of the violent really, one. Oh, there, there's that's a whole different judd cast um the man baby but, stuff yeah <laughs> either way I, I really like him in that scene and i think he did a, a really good job playing that guy but mm-hmm. i think he did exactly what you said that he wasn't doing in the beginning of that conversation of blowing smoke up his ass like mm-hmm. oh yeah you know contact my my, yeah, yeah. my assistant we'll set up an appointment and like just tries to get rid of him and when he That's won't true. go away then he's like all right fine i'll drop the hammer of thor on you you will fail do That's you true. that's a good point do yeah. you think in that way that tommy in, a, in at least in the movie, he actually succeeds in getting everybody to open up, be real. Because he, he, like, yeah, the standard in thing a way, yeah. in that but way for Judd Apatow is like... He tries yeah, everyone's tries patience in a way of, like, I can't handle this for very long. No, yeah. but I kind of think what Elvis is saying is true, though. Like, he does kind of push people to the point of, like, all right, I'll just be honest with you. That's Fuck what I off. mean. Like, yeah. you can't yeah. handle him. Like, there's no, there's no handling Tommy Wiseau. Like, you can't smooth be nice to him in a way where you know what i mean by handling where they're yeah. like we just have yeah. to get, be nice get him out of here without damaging anything it's just like no you just need to actually damage tommy Wiseau, otherwise he won't go away well yeah, it's a little a force bit. of nature like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, referring to him as a force of nature is just kind of horrifying is. i'm actually trying to as we're talking i'm trying to think and and this is more based on the character in the movie than the real person obviously but do you think he's like a sort of benevolent sociopath or does he actually care about people? I don't think he has much. Cause when empathy. you describe the scene of like him at the club, I'm just thinking like, this is like the nice version of Donald Trump where it's like, it's all me, 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 me. Yeah. And then immediate jealousy. I, I would say judging from the book, it sounds like he had a really, really, really fucked up shitty childhood. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. that, he has some, there's some sympathy, but 
the lesson that he learned from his life is to just be absolutely self-absorbed and and from and everything is about tommy all the time and uh like he uses greg it, it really maybe he cares about him but everyone in tommy's life is it seems to me from the book and even from greg's perspective who's like his best friend it still sounds like tommy's just using everyone and complete everything is about but him it, not even it's just his the, planet yeah. Yeah. yeah you are on tommy's planet yeah. <laughs> but like that's the thing is even with all of that and i apologize for the airplane sounds um but with that it's still like I don't think that's not necessarily true of Tommy in real life either. Like from what I've seen of him, and like granted, I, I've I've met him once at a Comic Con convention, um, and that was like. Did with you buy his built- signed underwear? I did not. I, what? I, <laughs> yeah, he sells under. You yeah, buy he, Tommy Tommy Wiseau underwear, and he'll sign it for yeah, you. It's really weird. Um, but yeah, so I, I said hi to born? him, and that was it. But <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully, what are you talking about? Does he still have booth babes? Uh, I mean, this was years ago. So I mean, he had it booth would babes make then. more sense for him to sell belts. <laughs> Why would. is he not selling belts? Belts for your belts. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so like I, I've only met him once, and he was very nice the two seconds that I talked to him. But I, I think it's still kind of true. Like you, you just look at everything from when James Franco won uh, the Best Actor Golden Globe. The very first thing, because he brought Tommy up with him, which was a unbelievably an unprecedented like nice gesture and totally not needed. I was mm-hmm. irritated he didn't bring Greg up because Greg actually wrote the fucking book. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but, but he's based it off the performance of that yeah. guy. So I get it. But if they won Best Picture and he didn't bring Greg, Greg up, I would agree with you. Yeah. But didn't Dave go up with yeah, him Yeah, he brought his brother up and he brought Tommy up. So yeah. Yeah. Brought Greg. Yeah, he brought, Greg's um, like, hey guys, my story, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it was but, for acting, yeah. that story. But what I'm saying is, so the very first thing that Tommy did was grab the microphone as if he was going to talk instead of the guy who just won the award. Mm-hmm. It's like I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. And James Franco was pretty quick. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But but there's something about Tommy where Tommy, I I don't think under he understands that people make fun of his movie. He's not an idiot. And he's like, no, I, I made the movie for people to enjoy, and if you can enjoy it however you want. And it's like, okay, great. But like at the same time, like part of me wonders if he buys the bullshit that he's selling because in the movie, I don't think that he does necessarily. I feel that he's just constantly spewing bullshit and just expects people to follow him, whether or not they believe him. Does it make sense? Yeah, because yeah. I think Tommy, and certainly in the movie, is just his whole personality is a performance too, yeah. which is interesting because he's a terrible actor. <laughs> um, but like everything about him seems crafted, and actually the fact that you mentioned like he had booth babes, yeah, at least in terms of like everything I know about him and from the movie. Like, I don't see, like, a sexuality coming from Tommy Wiseau. It what do you mean? You see his butthole in the movie. Right, but, like, every time, like, he interacts... <laughs> you can't figure back- out where her vagina is. It's no. a real Hollywood movie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like, it all seems so performative in that way. It's like, yeah. I have the booth babes. I have to have the pretty girl and stuff like that. And yeah. It's... I, I don't know if I have a point here, but I find it's, it's interesting that it feels like he's so... Like he's creating a performance for who this weird Tommy Wiseau guy is, and he has an idea of what people expect from him, yeah. even though it's not really correct. Yeah, because yeah, if he probably thinks I'm going to a con, I need a booth, babe. That's a thing, even though they have moved away from that pretty drastically. These right, days. Yeah. right, and it's like it's not, you know, he he wants to be an all American guy, not like like the hero in the movie, of course. Uh, and it's not because he actually wants that, but it's like he thinks that's who he's supposed to be. 
Yeah, and I think that comes through in both real life and in the movie. Like he really thinks that he is the all-American hero, Johnny. I, yeah. That's like, so encapsulated when they when they throw the football around. He's like, "I love football, a great American game." As he throws it like underhanded across the field, <laughs> bounces. There, there's so much really to like kind of pick and chew on in this movie, especially with Dave Franco. But let's uh, let's move around some of the the supporting cast of like uh, the guy who actually directed the movie, uh, Seth Rogen. Um, as who, by the way. That is not what a script supervisor does, guys. <laughs> He's basically a first AD in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was hoping you would bring that up. I don't think out. they had a first AD. Yeah, probably not. So, but it's like, so he's a script supervisor, first AD, and director. Yeah. yeah. He didn't look happy about no, it. No, I don't think he was. But I, I I actually think Seth Rogen is one of the better performances in the movie. Like, yeah. I actually mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Because it didn't yeah. feel like a lot of these people, they did a really good job of a lot of times with the like the Evan Goldberg, Seth Rogen movies, they feel like Seth Rogen in this movie or James Franco in this movie. And I actually feel like they all did a really good job kind of disappearing in their roles. It's one of the better performances Seth Rogen's given in a while. Like He didn't feel like Seth Rogen playing a character. It felt like, oh, that's the script supervisor. He wasn't right. trying to compete with anybody else either. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was, it, it, it's a small distinction, but like when you get a, a lot of those people together, sometimes it can be like... Who's the funniest in the room? Yeah, like you watch This Is The End and it's just a room full of comedians trying to be funnier than the guy next to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And this one, they really did a good job not doing that. He totally played a guy who has done a billion movies and Mm -hmm. is just so jaded by the whole process. (laughs) And he's just like... It'd be really great as a script supervisor if I saw a script and he's like, "Oh, everybody wants script." And he's like, "Okay." <laughs> like, yeah. just that whole reaction. All and he doesn't really even change that, even though he gets irritated at Tommy at one point. Even that's the same attitude he has when they're at the premiere, and he's like, "Well, wouldn't you be surprised if he didn't do something mm-hmm. fucking weird?" Yeah. Like just his whole attitude throughout the whole movie is like, "Uh, whatever, you know, you and, pay my check, yeah. I'll still do the job." And we, at least I don't know if every one of us at the table has been in this situation, but I know I have of. Here's the check going to the bank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. I really hope this doesn't bounce. That line about it being a bottomless pit is actually what the teller told him, according yeah. to Greg. Yeah, that's from a lot of this is directly. And that scene with the water bottle where Tommy can't remember his lines, that is pulled so much of this. is. But there's a lot of stuff that's not in the book. But there's so many scenes that are pulled like word for word from the book. That's, that's pretty cool. And, and yeah. that's a super smart in general because there is a lot of actors that are so desperate to have something to do with their hands to mm. take their mind off what's going on with their mouth. Yeah. I need two coffee mugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's some actors who, like, in every scene they're eating because yeah. they love eating and talking, which I don't understand. But okay. I mean, even when you go back to, like, the original, like, moving out of silent films, you give everybody cigarettes because mm. they need something to do. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thanks a lot, silent movies, for making us all smokers. Um, well, those poor actors, they had so many oh, health God. problems. <laughs> but they made great noirs. They it. did. <laughs> again was also a great moment of showing their friendship because here's Greg who finally realizes how to get through to Tommy where no one else can yeah I really like that he kind of is like the Tommy whisperer like the whole time people are just like he's the only guy who understands Tommy even remotely and I think even Greg would be like I barely understand the guy but he just knows that much more than everyone which makes him an expert which I I wonder if the movie would have benefited from more of that because I I haven't read the book so I don't know like it feels like it's probably more um, Greg observing Tommy and dealing with him. Whereas this movie was very much bouncing between Tommy and Greg, leaning more toward Tommy. I you know, I thought about that the first time I saw it, of like, would this movie be better if it was all Greg and then Tommy as kind of like the the Captain Jack Sparrow, like, oh, he's right. clearly the, the point person in the movie, but not the main character. Fuck you, Pirates 4 and 5. Um, <laughs> but it's like, I think with a character like Tommy, to put him in the wings even a little bit, I, you're missing out on why everyone's there. 
Like people are not going to see the Greg story. They might've read the book, but the only reason they read the book for the most part was to get more of Tommy. Like everybody just wants more Tommy because he's such an interesting, weird fucking dude. Yeah. So if this movie had gone less Tommy, I think it would have been the wrong choice. And I think, I think they struck the balance pretty well. Personally, I, because yeah, it's like a voyeuristic fetish sort of thing, attraction towards him, because he is so extreme, and no one else, like, if you ever tried to act like that, the response you would get would not be positive. It'd be terrible for your career and your social life. But this man became famous being this way, so there's definitely some sort of thing about it that attracts you to him, because it's so taboo. It's the unleaded narcissism, yeah. really. Yeah. He just can't stop trying so he like eventually and then i feel like this i mean our culture right now is like geared towards finding those people and just like yeah accentuating them as much as possible yeah. so he's kind of like in the right place They're at the great right time too. to laugh at not to make your president yeah i mean you're not, you're not kidding about the right time though because if this had happened 10 years later he this never would have worked yeah like because this wouldn't have gotten a theater run this would have been a youtube movie and he would have been a youtuber yeah. nobody would have cared but mm-hmm. instead he got there yeah. before any of that happened and he was able to just be like the quintessential, like you're almost Ed Wood, but you're not Ed Wood. Like, yeah, you have to be Wood. the last. What Ed I would Wood say about this Ed movie Wood too. himself yeah. was a pretty crazy eccentric <laughs> fetish guy. Oh, Ed Wood's such a good movie. Oh. I love Ed Wood. <laughs> Go back. Worst movie t- you've ever seen? Well, this one will be better. Oh my God, can you just imagine the two of them on set together? No. Oh, that'd be bad. <laughs> Avengers Four. <laughs> <laughs> two, two negatives make a oh, make positive? a thing. No, <laughs> one's wearing a lot of belts. The other one's wearing cashmere sweaters. Um. All right. So the, I'm just gonna kind of go through some of the complaints that I've heard from people because I feel like we're we're loving on it a little bit more than I thought we would. Uh. And I want to see if we can come up with defenses for any of them. Um. The first complaint that I've heard from a lot of people is that they just wanted basically behind the scenes of the room, and this movie only does that for like. Eh, about half like the other half is all about the relationship did that bother anybody else did anybody want more of like secrets of the room especially since i I didn't see the movie no yeah i will say that i I, you were kind of talking about this earlier john when we were focusing on the performances but both when i saw it in theaters and then when i watched it for this i was like i could walk out of this movie up until they meet uh with um like uh jason manzoukas yes yeah. jason manzoukas and um hannibal burris right and start the plot line of actually filming the movie everything before that it's like not bad i wouldn't besmirch anybody who enjoyed it but i'm just like i'm not compelled to be here right now actually, to me yeah. the beginning of the movie kind of feels like a setup for a whole different horror film yes. <laughs> like this, this young attractive impressionable guy who needs to be broken out of his shell gets kind of like wooed by the older rich white guy or who's going to take him to his apartment in los angeles away from his parents you can so end up dead <laughs> i'm going to my room with three strange men <laughs> and certainly the movie uh megan malali thinks the, the yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. she's. So, I'm being so worried about my son. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> but I, I would agree for the most part. I think the movie really hits the ground running once they get to L.A. Like once yeah. they both start mm-hmm. like pursuing their dream, and like Greg has minimal success. Tommy obviously has none. I, I think that's kind of when it starts going because that's when you can kind of see them like, oh, I might have a career in commercials and soap operas, or maybe something here. I won't have a career in anything, and how they kind of come back together, and mm-hmm. then they make this movie. I, I can kind of see the complaint but at the same time uh, mine's a little bit different kind of tangential to it but they show a lot of they recreate a lot of scenes in this movie and in my opinion way too many mm-hmm. I think I don't, I, and this is kind of me being myself but I don't think they needed any 
of those scenes. Maybe just a hint at them, but like they're just they were so much reliant on recreating the scenes that we did lose some behind the scenes. So I could I could see where the complaint is that there's just not enough behind the scenes stuff is because we get into the scene that they're doing. It's like, well, we've seen the scene hundreds of times. Yeah. We don't need that scene again. We can get shorthand. But uh, the movie kind of uses that as a crutch. That's kind of my uh, version of that complaint. See, I, I, I disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, I disagree like, too. I, I don't know what scenes did they recreate. Because any scene that they were recreating was all about like the people who were watching the scene play out and their reaction to it. Like the the only time that they really recreated the scenes was for the dump before the credits, which I was fine with. Like, Amazing! That, yeah, I that, want to talk about that. Yeah, like that was really was just like, oh, this is cool because the movie's done, and now we're just seeing how much they love the room and wanted to recreate it. You're basically just watching a victory lap of like, hey, we had fun, and this is or, what we made. Or are you talking about when they were screening the movie in the, to the audience? Kind of, kind of all of it. There was a lot of. Uh, I, I wanted to see the reactions of the people more than I saw the scenes themselves. Like. Imagine like if uh, they'd kind of Spielberged the uh, the sex scene, where everyone everyone was reacting to the butt instead of actually seeing it. It was like I don't well, think they I were think... reacting to his butt; they were reacting to how he was mistreating the lead actress. Yeah. Right, right. I think we got the reaction, especially in that scene. I think that's yeah. maybe the best. It's one scene of the, the most movie. intense parts of this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah John. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I actually had the thought like this: fe- this movie feels like it's the gym reaction shot of movies. Yeah. There's not a lot of depth there, but it's like cut to Jim reacting to a oh, weird situation. Jim. I yeah. thought you meant G Y M, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I was. I thought Jim that was from the too. office. Okay. Right, right. Jim Halpert. Yeah, yeah no, I I kind of agree with you. Like, there, like it's kind of no offense, John, but it's kind of the opposite. Like, I, I almost wish we had more of a balance of like what they're seeing and what we're seeing because it really just kind of felt like, oh, I know what scene they're filming because there's the bed, and now we're just spending the whole time with the reaction. Like, it, it just kind of felt like. Uh-huh. I don't. I didn't really need more. I guess, but like, I, I don't know. There, there's something just. I kind of wanted more of the. Like the lunch table, like what the fuck did we do today? Sort of conversations more so than the let's stand around and scream at each other on set because I feel like we got a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of like let's scream about this scene, let's scream about this scene, let's scream about this scene. They just kind of move from one to one to one. Where I really like the conversations with like uh, when they're sitting at the lunch table trying yeah. to figure out Tommy. Like I like that sort of like I want to see this crew who are stuck in the weeds with each other going like this is the worst experience we've ever had and we've all worked on horrible movie after horrible movie so that says something that this is the worst. And, and there was some interesting like the the old lady had an interesting thought. It was like oh, yeah, well this is just right. what we do. This like there was a mm-hmm. philosophy of acting in there that was like this is really fascinating. What's where's the rest of this? Where's this for the other elements? Yeah, yeah, that would have been very interesting to kind of explore, but yeah. I wonder if that's not because this is so much from Greg's perspective, and Greg probably wouldn't have been included in most of those conversations. True, true. Yeah, because so they kind of tried be viewed to... as a like a spy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a narc. <laughs> but that's where I, I think like that was more of the movie that I think I wanted going into this. When granted that just because it's not that doesn't mean this no. is a bad movie, mm-hmm. but it's just like that's kind of what I wanted to see was more of just like the. The what the fuck are we working on? And we kind of got that every now and then, but like not really that much. This movie is really about the friendship between those yeah. two guys, and like it's just all about like the passion of making film, which I I appreciate. It kind of felt like a uh, um, what was that old documentary? Um, American movie was that it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It kind of felt like that, but these guys had money, and they're not sitting at their kitchen table just looking at bills, crying like I'm yeah. not going to be able to afford anything. And I suppose, it, it, or like it, Kevin Smith, who's just like credit card, credit card, yeah, credit card. Mm-hmm. I suppose if it had gone too far to that, what we wanted, it would have been more of like the movie about movie making, which 
there's a there's a, a line a fine line to cross before it becomes like oh it's a movie about making movies uh whatever to the general audience whereas like this probably strikes a better balance with that i don't know how though like because i i think this movie is entirely a movie about making movies and for some reason this it doesn't one feel did, like it though in, yeah in, this in one a weird way also i would say if you really really all you want is the behind the scenes just go read the book yeah yeah. Or listen to the book because it's awesome. <laughs> also, his mom is French and he does her accent as well. So That's I cool. highly recommend that. Interesting. Uh, but like, even with the book, it's still all Greg's perspective. Yeah. Like, I want the perspective of like the DP. Like, I want somebody like we even tried to get him on this episode, but he was unavailable. We, the AC of the movie is a friend of Chewie's. And it's like, huh. I wanted to have like, I want to get that point of view. Because I mean, I've already grilled that guy many times because I worked on a movie with him. I'm like, you need to tell me everything about the room. And he was like, the ah. most annoyed with the, the roof sequence. I can oh yeah We're like okay, which one wait well the one where they're like all right we'll shoot the, this roof doesn't work let's go to a different all right let's no all right let's go to the first roof we were at but we don't like the background so let's green screen it <laughs> actually we're just gonna do b-roll of the thing around the roof and then put it over the green screen even though it is what's actually around us <sighs> I'm just, like, <laughs> just imagine being the camera going what the Fuck. <laughs> well, I just I enjoyed talking about being an AC when you have two cameras shooting the same oh, angle God, every oh, angle. <laughs> He's just like, Which they didn't really. They mentioned him buying the equipment, but you didn't really see you, that. You yeah, they, the they showed rig, the double camera. Yeah, I guess that's one thing. Like, it's really hard to explain that to lay people. So it's like if you spend yeah, too they much brush time it over yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like, for the best because there's some complex things in there, like the whole idea of like you don't buy equipment. Yeah, in Los yeah. and that, that they glossed over it thankfully enough because it's like yeah, you can get some pretty deep. Things I mean, that. but they, they did it well enough where they showed that buying equipment was weird. Yeah. And, like, you have to have a shit ton of money if you want to buy equipment. Yeah. Uh, it, it also, just... Tommy took the cameras home. He oh, took yeah. the camera home. Yeah. <laughs> so I... then when he was two hours late every day, they literally couldn't shoot anything until he got there. Yeah. Which was genius when I realized that's why they hadn't started in that yeah. one scene. It's like, yeah. oh, right. Yeah. Because yeah, otherwise, just fucking He's shoot that much without... of a megalomaniac. Yeah. 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 I got really mad when he's like, you buy water. I'm like, no, you, legally, you're supposed to <laughs> no, fucking you buy, buy water. water. No matter what type of scent it is, that is one thing that (laughs) I got. What? Yeah, that wasn't something that was in the book. Was there really no crafty on set? Oh my god, how is your crew not like the discussion of the water and the fainting? That was a horror film for all of us in the industry. (laughs) I get pissed if there's no diet soda on set. My my thing that I really liked in this movie was I've worked on not as many films as some people around the table, but I've been on a a plenty with directors who suck. And everyone treats directors as if they're these little temperamental, like, you know, with kitten gloves. Like, you want to be very kind to the directors. And I love that this movie got to the point where, like, no, fuck the director. He's an asshole. And I just, the scene between him and Paul Shear, which I will say this is the best performance Paul Shear has ever given. And I really liked I've him. I've never in this seen movie. him do a serious role. Before. I know. And he was really good. Um, but uh, I love it when he's like, and we're four hours behind. Well, whose fault is that? And he's, yours yeah. <laughs> you fucker <laughs> I, I also love I love the little cutaway shot of him coming out of Tommy's private bathroom oh yeah <laughs> that tiny rebellion yes I shit in your toilet <laughs> I think that was the, the one scene where I just like burst out laughing yeah. when he introduces the bathroom the bathroom. Oh my god! <laughs> like, that's for me. Like, oh, fuck. I just Seth Rogen like you know there's a working bathroom just right over there. This is a real Hollywood movie. Okay. Again, <laughs> I think he's still like whatever. I think he just really likes being behind black curtains because he has the same setup in his apartment for his yeah. bed. Mm-hmm. Is that in the book? Did he just sleep in his he, living room? He just oh, like so made a curtain and separated the room into his own a, little bit. Yeah, the room he separated. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like an, an illusion of privacy, but he's yeah. still like performing. He's still ex, it's like an exhibitionist thing too. Well, yeah, like, because he's so close. You to would the be action. able to hear him poop and pee every yeah. single time. That sounds uncomfortable. Uh, he has eyes everywhere. Actually, <laughs> I was on everywhere. one of my uh, yeah. Lifetime movies. We kind of had that situation because. 
we were in somebody's uh it was like a warehouse that someone converted into a giant loft and they had made a bathroom in the middle of like the living room and it had four walls and everything but it didn't have a ceiling so every time somebody went into it i could hear them pee and every now and then i would make comments I'm like, come on, man. How much did you drink or whatnot? I've never, all sets I've been on, I've never actually known of a director who went to the bathroom. Like, they'll disappear. But I go to the bathroom a lot. And I've never (laughs) seen them coming in or out. It's just like they magically know when to just be like... And then vanish. Didn't uh, didn't you tell me a story that Christopher Nolan made everyone listen to him pee over the walkie on Dark Knight? He did. He brought a walkie in. Uh, and he's like, does anyone want to know what it sounds like when the director pees? <laughs> and, it was, and I was just like, I fucking love Christopher Nolan. <laughs> I know we rag. They do not have bodily functions. No. We do rag on it's him a lot on this podcast. But it's important to know that he's built. human, right? Yeah, he, oh, my God. He's still a wonderful he's human being. Yeah, yeah. He's still great. I know somebody who worked on The Dark Knight, and she said she was a PA, one of like a dozen PAs. And yeah, he, that was me. He knew her name. No, no, it was my friend Bola. Oh, okay. Yeah. She also did. So now you know too. Is there anything that we haven't hit in this movie that we that people would like to talk about? I see Elvis has notes. makeup. Makeup. Yeah, go go. Like I'm watching there... James Franco's face. I'm like, he's got a rather slender face. So I kept looking at him. Like, did they pack your cheeks? Is this like how? Like, what did you do to make your face rounder? I couldn't figure it out because it didn't look like there was any prosthetics on him. And if there, were, I mean, if there were like. Props to the makeup people or whoever made him look that way. Yeah. Like, there was no seam. I didn't. How do they... This is just me being ignorant. How do they do the half-eye thing? Because I've seen that in movies before. I think a lot of times there's, there's like, a glue that you can put on your skin to, like, hold it down. Or even when I was doing stage makeup, you literally just got tape and you pulled your your eyelid down with the tape and then you covered that up with a shit ton of concealer. And that's how they do like the half closed eye thing? Yeah. Okay. Like when we were yeah. learning it, it was to make ourselves look Asian and now I'm like, oh. that's inappropriate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. But that's stage makeup, guys. <laughs> I want to talk about the recreations of those scenes from the room. Oh, yeah. The, the skill that went into that is incredible. Just like everybody <laughs> did their job really well i mean there's skill that went into recreating it but there's no skill that created the original oh so no it's like, not at all I have a, I, <laughs> and, and it's I... weird i have a weird like relationship with that kind of thing where it's like trying to work very hard on a huge budget to recreate something that no one worked hard on at all like you're yeah. saying mm-hmm. just try. rubs me the wrong way you know like i get <laughs> i get irrationally angry oh see that. that to me sounds like super for a scripture writer's perspective that sounds like super fun to be able to like i everything i mean because you're working together with all departments obviously they're doing their job but then you, you're the last one who looks at it and sort of goes okay is this correct is this correct and you I, that script supervisor probably had to watch the room like eight hundred thousand right. times see, and, you know. from that point of view that is interesting uh from me where I, like i work with like clients of various kinds who want to mimic a thing that clearly they just did and it mm. became famous a style they're like we want to do it like this and then they spend Day, like they spend time and budget to really force it, and they're, just, they're so panicked about it. I'm like, oh yeah, there's yeah a, there's but, a, there's but that's weird... trying to mimic something. Oh. This wasn't mimicking. Yeah. Anything. This was like lovingly recreating. Yeah. Like, I have been on different. that that end, like especially as an art PA back in the day, when we would have to do reshoots for a movie, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, well, here's the sh- this scene, here's stills from the scene, 
find that stuff we didn't save it yeah but, i was just like this <laughs> sucks it really yeah. it's, it's not very much fun because yeah, you're on the internet yeah, you're really on the phone you. you're like i need this lamp it's just, it's wrong in just this one way yeah, it needs could, to be different can we get it to be as good like lisa's outfits particularly so they're just slightly off because they couldn't off. obviously they couldn't it's find so, it and they yeah. tried to make it's it but like, they couldn't find whatever that fabric was it's like or, cosplay for set deck it's yeah, just yeah. like so from that point of view yeah fun out of it but philosophically i have weird issues but they're I get what you're saying. The the chick who plays Lisa, like when you watch that, there's one scene where she is exactly like you can't tell who's talking because they sound exact like the exact same person. It's amazing. But that's what I mean. Like I I get what Chewie and John are saying. Sounds very frustrating from a professional standpoint. But that has nothing to do with what they were doing here because what they were doing here was literally trying to recreate it. They weren't doing reshoots. They weren't trying to. That's what I mean. It's even harder. Yeah, you have to try to find the things that. And this movie's twenty years old at this point. But you guys are working on stuff for people like the people who yeah. made this love this. Yeah, and yeah. Th- like I, this isn't something where like we have to do what? Fuck! They're like we get to do what? Awesome! And yeah. like maybe that, now the for them that with for, for the, them for the person who's finding the object, it might be held. Yeah. Now, I was just thinking about how much fun it would be to look at your still and look at the screen and yeah. look at the set and just walk around and be like, "This is a millimeter off. This is a millimeter off." That as fun to me. See now, so. then editor me comes in and is like, "This is fascinating." It's like yeah. the, it's like the side by side for the two Star Wars trailers, Force Awakens and Last Jedi, where they're like, "This is beat by beat the same thing." Yeah. I was like, for, "It's yeah. that same thing." Where as editor, that's fascinating. So I'm just a bundle <laughs> of weird conflicting emotions. <laughs> for art department, for me the level of fun I guess would really be influenced by the amount of money I have mm. yeah, sure. uh, yeah if you're doing yeah. this on a tight budget and you want me to recreate it exactly fuck you if you got a lot of money and you want me to recreate it, all right, we can play. We'll make this work. You gotta find just you the can right get a, picture of spoons. You can just go get a fabricator to remake it. Yeah. Um, what else have we missed? Is there anything else that we haven't hit on this thing? I was gonna say, I'm kind of conflicted on the, the whole recreation stuff oh. too. Um, because, yeah, it's it's one thing I love it because it's like just demonstrates how much joy and passion and happiness this you know for these people. It's like awesome whenever you see something that's like, oh, these people love making this. But on the other, I, I am also like, this is the whole reason they made the movie was for this, basically. And in that way, I feel like the movie, it, I don't know, it could have gone more in depth to like exploring the darker side of this character. Like, it felt like a kind of a, because they kind of had to because they needed Tommy's approval. Right, but it right. felt like kind of a toothless explore, exploration of this guy. Well, yeah, you're not going to get something that actually bites until he's dead. Like, yeah. Because there's no way that you could have him on set being like, oh, yeah, this is what happened or this isn't what happened if you're making fun of him the whole way through. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why they had that cut scene at the end with him oh, was sure. to make sure everyone knew we're not making fun of him. Yeah. See, he approves of our movie. And I'm kind of surprised they didn't try to get anybody else. Maybe they did and it didn't so work. Good. They were actually pretty funny together. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Dave's friends, man. Um, but like, I, I, I kind of would have liked to see Greg in it at some point. I would have liked to see, um, I forget her name, the girl who played um, Lisa, because all she does now is YouTube videos in Texas. <laughs> Juliet Daniels, I think. Yeah. Is that it? Because yeah. um, I've watched her like videos online. She seems really personable and friendly and nice, but... I can't imagine she had a good time making this movie. She got the role because Tommy insisted that everyone make out with him. And a lot of actresses just walked away. And Juliet wanted that part so badly that she was like, fuck it. And she was willing. So she got the part largely because she was willing to do what it takes. She was willing to make out with Tommy. See, I wanted that scene in this movie. That's so much more interesting. Mm -hmm. 
But I'm just like, what? What did she think she was making then? Like, I would like to get into the brain because whenever I worked on a crap movie, I always knew it was a crap movie. I never thought I was making anything great, and it really feels like some people thought they were making something great with this. I mean, it's your big break. Yeah, but you have that for any movie. Like the the horror film that I worked on that got sold as a sequel to a movie that it was not made as. <laughs> uh, like that one. Like the actors on it. There's two of them who are like. I'm standing around in a house and I'm going to scream a whole bunch and that's I get paid for that. Hooray. And the other two thought they were making the new horror film. Like they thought they were making the one that everyone would be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I saw that movie. It was so scary." And these they're the only four actors in the whole movie and they were totally at odds with each other of just like Hmm. You know we're making something that like ten people will see. No right? one's that, ever going to. That watch. that is also my favorite thing that was left out of this movie is Greg. At one point in the book says, "Yeah, I really." He talks about a particular scene. He's like, I'm, "I hate my performance in this because I phoned it in because I just thought to myself, no one's going to see this piece of shit." Yeah. And now he's like, "Well, oh, oh well." <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone has seen this piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that I think we've uh, we've rounded the drain on it. Yeah. I think we should move into quotes, 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 or quotes. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you without your glasses on before, Brian. Yeah, His eyes a are a lot smaller. Yeah, a very different face. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to take that as an insult or a compliment. <laughs> well, I already know what quote I like the Go most. Go for it. It's a real Hollywood movie. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he said that, I'm just like, oh my God. I remember when I would feel that way in, like, in film school. I'd be like, we're making something important, guys. For all those Columbia people out there, everyone on Practicum, it's a real Hollywood movie. Yeah, no, it's okay. not. Oh, oh, Practicum. Oh, oh. <laughs> we are not making anything important. <laughs> it is not a real Hollywood movie. <laughs> um, mine is also, I'm pretty sure we'll have uh, Tommy lines because his lines are just so good. Uh, it's when he... When Greg starts hanging out with Allison Brie for the first time and he has to rush out of the club and he's so mad and he just starts screaming and just screams, everyone betray me. And he kicks the, the <laughs> newspaper stand. He goes, ow, my foot. <laughs> I hurt my foot. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have eaten at that restaurant. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we had tacos there. Nice. It was a, you know. With the I actually have a serious quote. I loved the, the, like you were saying, John, earlier about the actress saying like why she does this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I have a quote that really resonates with me and why I love being on set so much. Um, even the worst day on a movie set is better than the best day anywhere else. I firmly fucking believe that. I haven't been on a movie set in a long time. I love I'm not it. Sh- I don't want to be anywhere else. I, I would rather, even on the worst shit show I've worked on where they had no diet soda, um, <laughs> I uh, I still was like, I'd rather be here than in an office. Well, any day of the than week. an office, yes. Yeah, yeah. But just about any other job. I got mm-hmm. to the point where I'd have to be working a specific job on a movie set to want to be back on a movie set. I don't know. If I had to go back as a PA, fuck no. If I, somehow I, I got to be yeah. like a park <laughs> ranger and I developed a a relationship with a pack of wolves like that would be it's a very specific example (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, this is my job hanging out with a pack of wolves i haven't (laughs) i've only been doing this for about two years so you know when i've been doing when i've been seth rogan's character maybe i'll feel different (laughs) when i'm ading apparently yeah okay i don't have it specifically um written down but when he's in the audition and like you mentioned it earlier where he does that version of the american accent And just the way he turns around, and it's really 100% the delivery. Again, I, I laughed out loud. Uh, mine's more of an exchange, uh, but it's when it's actually not a Tommy line. It's uh, when Seth Rogen goes to cash the check, and he's talking to the to the bank teller, and he's like, uh, "What?" He's like, "Do you like movies?" And he goes, "Is it a period piece?" <laughs> no. It's just like, mm. <laughs> that was and so the actor funny. they chose to portray that was like really perfect. <laughs> It's real life Google. Yeah. Um, 
I love that actor. He's great. Um, all right, so review system today. I'm going to go more for The Room than I am for The Disaster Artist, but it's still to review The Disaster Artist. Horrible movies. Mm. Horrible. As bad as you can get. But since I haven't actually seen The Room, so I don't have any emotional attachment to it, it's hard. I know the movie that I think is the wonderful thing that everyone is like is it's horrible. Go for it. You know what I'm going to say. No, I don't. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I love that movie. And talk about a disaster of a set with two <laughs> directors that didn't know what they were doing, constantly changing the script when the entire cast is drunk. Like, that movie is amazing. That movie almost killed Bob Hoskins. I know. <laughs> wow. Are we naming movies that we hated that are horrible? or movies? No, movies that you love that are horrible. Oh, oh, I okay. love Super the Mario Brothers movie. Who would ever argue for that movie? That's crazy. You were supposed to, you argued for it. And I won. And you lost. No, Wait, no I won. You won? Okay, I forgot. I'm still mad at Chris for losing with Silence of the Lambs. So. Yeah, he really bombed that episode. Oh, God. <laughs> I feel like we've had this as a... We have. That's why it's okay. Because uh, I, I think I used Johnny Mnemonic last time. Ooh, yeah. 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 Can I just use Johnny Mnemonic again? Well, now that you've admitted you've already used it once, I'm going to say no. Shit. <laughs> then fuck you. I'm going to use Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> I can get around your game. Um, <laughs> that actually is a real Hollywood movie. <laughs> it's a real Hollywood movie. I love it. I love every minute of it. It's amazing. Chicken burrito. Done. <laughs> uh, I'll go with uh, Overdrawn at the Memory Bank. Mystery Science Theater classic. Oh, oh that's a good one. Yeah. I will go with. I've been talking about it all day. I'll just use it now. Story of Ricky, a movie that is so incredibly bad that it's beautiful. Much like the I bet they really thought they were making a like epic martial arts film. An epic martial arts film about people in prison, and it's oh, it's a, it's a rough movie. It's just glory. so you know, guys, if you ever have to like cut off your own nerve ending that movie shows you how to deal with it yeah, yeah. you just tie it in a knot yeah you'll be able to use your arm like normal again yeah it's no problem yeah the movie's amazing it's accurate wow did not know drawing a blank on the sketchy. name of the movie <laughs> it's uh it was like a tomb raider it was an ai jet that went rogue and three people oh. stealth. broken air oh. stealth yes stealth <laughs> yes and, it's and, got and, what's her face and Christ. and the story behind it is like i was a projectionist in a movie theater when that movie came out and i was just so delighted with how bad it was and how no one went to see it and it was just like this weird like i haven't even seen it and i was the one who got the name <laughs> and it, it was a very moment it was a moment that i was very familiar with watching like uh the room itself it's just like this idea of this is bad but like i'm kind of laughing at it, that weird line between laughing at it and with it, yeah, and having that same level of fun and glee at just how it's it's a, like it's a rough movie. If you're gonna do a double feature of stealth with a deep blue sea, like that would actually be oh, pretty wow. good. So just to give you an idea deep how bad, awesome though. Just to oh, give you, I'm so but it's just like the, the, the super plane who's gonna come kill you, and yeah. then you get super <laughs> sharks that are gonna come kill you. So just to give you an idea how bad the movie was, uh, when one of the showings where there was two people in the theater, the uh, film jammed and burned, and we had to fix it, and we're like, well, we'll give you some. Um, you know, tickets for another movie, and I'm like, nah, don't worry about it. You <laughs> <laughs> slide us anywhere. Like, really? You just like, yeah, saved no. us some time in our lives. <laughs> I mean, I'd still take the free tickets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. We've done it. We have talked disaster artists. Um, so next week we have an episode coming out. I have no idea what it'll be because I don't know what I'm going to do this one. Is are, John alive or dead? It's the Schrodinger's John. I, I think we're out, we're out I of, think we're out of dead. dead John oh, episode. Okay. So I think he's alive now. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Um, 
Yeah, because we are. I don't know how to feel about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chewie and I are about to die for a few weeks, but mm. we should have enough episodes after this week and next to get us over the break. But we'll see. Time will tell. If anything, you'll uh, just have some episodes that don't include me. Yeah, that might happen Aww. too. Or uh, I'll be breastfeeding during them, and, and the baby gets to hear in that for you. Yeah. Oh, that'll be great. Just to have. A- I wonder what breastfeeding would sound like on this mic. Uh, we'll find, find out. out. We will bring a mic home and we'll post it as an episode. <laughs> Elvis, Elvis had it right. <laughs> it it kind of sounded like Audrey too when Dude, he wants blood for the first know. time. You know, <laughs> someone on the internet just got an erection. Oh, you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> and that guy's just going. I don't even know why I have this right now. <laughs> Uh, all right, so a quick round of plugs. Uh, these episodes should be out by now. As of this recording, they are not. But uh, we have Venture Bros, the Venture Brothers podcast. Um, we have four episodes recorded right now, so they should be releasing every day here, um, whatever that day is. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's all the extra episodes we have coming out right now. Uh, go on our uh, website, ATHpod.com, where you'll find both our podcast now and Venture Bros and all the articles I read. You can go back and be one of the zero people that read my review of all the MCU movies. Um, I read it twice. Ah, thanks. So there's half of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Killed. No, sorry, sorry, three times because there was there was an edit damn it, in three there. fourths of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody else read it. Yeah, we got we got one. I'm going to read it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I have another article that I'm working on now that I'm just in the frameworks of, so it might be out by the time this comes out. It might come out after that, but that's why Frisky Dingo is the best show you never watched. Uh, and that's it for me. Uh, Elvis, anything to plug? Uh, uh, as always, the Tom Hanks Giving podcast, uh, the whole catalog of every Tom Hanks movie that he's ever been in. Uh, we discuss, uh, and uh, we have a new episode coming up uh, in June, I believe, because I'm going to go see uh, Hanks perform another Shakespeare play. Ooh. Ooh. We're going to get Hanks nice. on that episode? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Only way to find out is to listen. You know. <laughs> I have a long time Yes, ahead. yes. Okay. I mean, keep listening, everybody. Uh, beyond that, uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram, Elvis Kaboom. John, anything to plug? Not really. I uh, I do know that we have our episodes on YouTube as well now. We're putting them on on a more regular basis. Saw that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. Nice. We've had a few people listen to it that way. Yeah. No, the uh, last one. Um, mine's going blank on it, but I got like twenty views. It nice. makes it easier Ooh. to put it on TV while you're like moving around the apartment. Doing yeah, something. that's mainly the reason. It was like if if there's a way you can just set it and forget it, that's where we want to put it. I want a pot roast now. Um, <laughs> Me too. Apparently, Emily has not seen the Set It and Forget It infomercial. I have not. Yep. <laughs> Neither have I. Uh, it would come on around like 2 in the morning, back when I was in high school. I used to watch yeah. a lot of infomercials, yeah. Yeah, because they're awesome. I just remember all the exercise ones. All right, this is a hell of an outro. Emily, anything to plug? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, as of this recording, have a lull. I don't have any commissions right now, so it's a good time to get yourself a 13th Dr. Coat if you're a cosplayer. And you can get that at my Etsy shop, which is Emily Blake Sews. Or if you want to commission a, uh, a cosplay from me, anything that's made of fabric, um, emilyblakesews.com. Nice. Should we anything to plug? Not really. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Parenthood. <laughs> At some point, I'm going to lose my plug. Oh. oh. And bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>